You are listening to the Mini Minxes. It's a mischievous way to start your week. Disney Girl Power. Hello and welcome to show 31 of the Mini Minxes Disney Podcast, a UK Disney podcast with a girly twist. Thank you for downloading this fortnight's show. So if you want a podcast, that's all heart. No snack. Here we are. Find us for a fortnightly fix of Disney fun on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Podbean or our blog. We really look forward to hearing from you, our listeners. So email us at contact at theminiminxes.co.uk or you can always drop us a tweet at theminiminxes. Well, show 31. Firstly... I'm going to have to introduce our lovely friend for the show this episode. I want to introduce my Minimix mate Becky, who will be joining us as poor Kimmy is a little bit under the weather. So hello Becky! Hi Michelle, hi everyone! How are you doing Becky? It's been a while since we've had you on the old uh, podcast. How are you doing? I'm okay thanks. I saw you laughing, nothing ham, so I'm good. Fantastic! Well, I know it's a few weeks since I've seen you myself, since we had our little meet-up in Nottingham, so I hope that the world is treating you well. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. <laughs> You've come and joined us on a perfect episode because we have got such a treat ahead. We are once more stepping into the aquatic field by talking SeaWorld with the lovely Kelly Green, better known as SeaWorld Mama, over there on that there Twitter. Then we're going to take the bull by the horns and deal with an issue faced by many a traveller to Walt Disney World. To hire or not to hire? A car that is of course. We're going to talk through what you can do if you don't want to hire a car. And we're going to be very very busy as we've got amazing Kieran facts. So talking of Kieran facts, let's get Kieran and have his first fact. This is Kieran and I have some monorail facts for you. The Walt Disney monorail system is a public transit system in operation at Walt Disney World Resort. It operates 12 trains on three lines. The system opened in 1971. In 1982, it was expanded to three lines, adding it in the Epcot loop. It is the most heaviest used monorail system in the world, with 250,000 passengers a day. They are four, four 14.7 miles of beans which have a polystyrene middle with a concrete coating. I never knew that. Wow, Karen, thank you for the fact. Did you know that about the middle of those uh, beans there, Becky? Didn't know that. I also didn't know it carried that many people a day. No, it's amazing. I can't believe it. I know. Sounds unreal, really. I gather you found a fact about the monorail, though. Yeah, um, mine's a little bit sad, but there has been a few accidents over the years and one death from the monorail crash, which was back in 2009. But if you do turn that around, that's 40 operating years, so it's not bad statistics. Not really, no. Still quite sad though as you say, but I do feel a little bit more safer in my seat now as I'm travelling round that monorail knowing with a good safety record like that I'll feel a lot happier. 
Well, we're going to go over to our interview now, and that is with Kelly Green. Kelly Green is also known on Twitter as SeaWorld Mama. She started off as an editor at a national pet magazine. She's now a doting mum and homeschool teacher to Daniel, her son who was six this February. Her and her family travel all over the southeast of America to lots of theme parks, but her heart lies in SeaWorld. So she's going to share some of her favourite tips, some stories all about that wonderful park. Right, well, as we've said before to you in the past, we don't just want to bring you Walt Disney World. We want you to explore further afield in Orlando because there are some real treats in store for you. You say that, Michelle, but you don't mean it. I'm not talking about Universal. Oh, fair enough. In today's podcast, we're going to be talking a little bit about SeaWorld. Now, from personal experience, the excitement begins as soon as you arrive and you can see Shamu's themed lighthouse. As you will all know, SeaWorld has been operating since 1973. It has 200 acres of land. It's part marine and part theme park. And we have with us this evening, Kelly Green, who is going to talk to us a little bit about SeaWorld and more particularly the animal side of the park and we're going to go through and discuss some of the features you will find there and some of the best times to go. So, hello Kelly. Hello there. Everyone pretty much calls me SeaWorld Mommy over here because I am there so much. <laughs> I was just... Uh... <laughs> telling someone how I w- I usually go there about once every 10 days, to one of the parks at least. There's uh, SeaWorld, which is the main park in Orlando, and then next door they have Aquatica, which is the SeaWorld water park, and down the street is also Discovery Cove, which is the boutique park that has a maximum ca- uh, a capacity limit of about 1,200 guests per day, so that park, even on its busiest day, never feels crowded. And uh, all of them are just um, our family's favorite thing. We've even had two birthday parties for my son, who's just five already, that have been SeaWorld themed at his request because he loves it so much. (laughs) We love it. We all love it so much because there's such a variety to do. So, you're planning to take someone who's never, ever been to SeaWorld. They're not interested in the roller coaster side. What would you plan to do with them on their one day at SeaWorld? What are the top top hits you would make? Well, if, if they only had one day, that would be really hard for me, but I would start with, I would plan an excursion. They have different uh, behind-the-scenes tours. They have one that's, uh, you get to interact with a beluga whale, where you sit on the little ice ledge and the beluga whale comes up to you. You actually get to um, touch and kiss a beluga whale which that is just amazing um or one of the behind scene tours like we did for my birthday i told my husband i said i don't want any things i have enough things i just want experiences and our experiences usually revolve around SeaWorld. so for my birthday i got the behind the scenes tour where we were able to uh, pet a penguin uh, you may not be aware of it, but right now the Penguin exhibit is closed as they refurbish it. They're getting ready to open um, Antarctica, Empire of the of the Penguin, 
And that opens this spring, and it's going to be really exciting. Um, but so I'm missing the penguins. So I told him what oh. I want. I want to go in and um, be able to pet one of the penguins. I actually today, a side note, I got um, our package and I ordered some matching T-shirts for my family. They are um, penguin bodies with little bow ties. So we're going to have our matching penguin shirts on for the opening. <laughs> yes, yes, we are that geeky. That's just how we roll. Um, so I would tell them to go on an excursion where they get to meet an animal. I would also really encourage them to do a lot of the feeding of the animals. Um, we really love going to the Stingray Lagoon. It is, um, it's only about, um, you know, hip high as far as the wall, but there's an area where the kids can step on it. And I have, and you kind of, I heard that gasp from you guys. Does that sound a little scary? No, it's just, it was the highlight of the trip when I went with my children. Um, they really, really enjoyed, um, going in, in that area. And it was, when we went, it was round about the time that, oh gosh, Bruce Irwin had just been killed with a stingray. So I remember oh. the kids being really, really frightened and sort of saying, yes. oh my heavens, oh my heavens. And we sort of calmed them down. And what an experience it yes. really was. How many people can say they fed a stingray? Exactly. And it's so, uh, I have some of my favorite videos of my son are of him standing over that wall as just a little chubby faced toddler with his hand in there and they're splashing around and these grown ups going, ooh, ooh, you know, they won't stick their hand in, but there's this little boy going, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, just seeing the look on people's faces and, and they're just so smooth and, um, and very docile. I mean, I mean and Steve Irwin, I, that was so heartbreaking, but it's a different type of stingray and, um, the ones that are in that tank, I'm sure they informed you, are all um, have no barbs that can harm you. <laughs> yeah. But that would be on my must-do list. Also, feeding of the dolphins would be on my must-do list. Um, we we have done that many times, and it's it's quite enjoyable. And then the underwater viewing areas. I really get a kick, and we, to be able to be that close to them. And one day, we were so fortunate um, we're watching them underwater, and one started doing the bubble ring um, behavior. I don't know if you've ever seen that. But they blow a bubble out of their blowhole, and then it makes like a Cheerio-looking, you know, fruit cereal thing. And it gets bigger and bigger, and then they stick their rostrum or their snout right through the, the ring. And it dis disperses, and they do it again, and then they play with It's just the most fascinating <laughs> thing. How they do that and if you're lucky when you're there and you are patient to watch them you can get to see little behaviors like that and the uh the underwater viewing area over at the killer whale tank is now open again yay um <laughs> all there i have uh twitter followers who who weekly were like is it open yet is it open yet is it open yet? <laughs> because, because they know i'm there so much they're like well if anyone knows if it's going to be open um, and, and people are very, very touched by their just their power and their magnificence. Um, yeah. There's a, a there's quite a few people that I run into. Um, you know, I just kind of walk up to them and say, "I've seen you here many times. Do we follow each other on Twitter, or do we know you from here?" And, <laughs> and, and invariably, they say, "Oh, you're Sea World, mommy. Oh, I, now I have a face to go with it since my avatar is my little boy in the shark costume." But um, so interactions with the animals, I would do the stingrays. Definitely feed the dolphins. Um, and something behind the scenes, whether it's the beluga or wild arctic uh, interaction or uh, one of the behind the scene tours. And I'm partial to petting the penguin, but that's because I'm slightly biased. <laughs> Just slightly. 
I couldn't agree with you more, to be honest, Kelly, because I have also I've done the penguin interaction, and it is so reasonably priced for what it is, and you learn so much, and the fact that you get so close, just it's absolutely breathtaking to be close to an animal that you wouldn't even dream of being close to under normal circumstances. Well, the puffin part is no longer there because they're redoing the, the they're retheming it Antarctica. Um, there are no puffins in uh, Antarctica, so they have all gone to the other parks. So I'm very sad that part of the interaction is not the same. Um, but I'm really looking forward to all that they have in store for this Antarctica. It's going to be kind of like a ride for part of it, where you, you get on and it's going to be the coldest attraction in the world. There I say, pretty cool. But a bum. But no, it's like you're gonna you're gonna ride down through it, and and I know there's one little kind of insider thing that I heard from a person who wasn't really supposed to tell me this, but there's gonna be some kind of little pop up area where you can kind of stick your face up and like look where the penguins are. So I've heard I could be they could have been pulling my leg, but <laughs> I thought that sounded really cool. But it's gonna be like I was looking to find the exact degrees, but it's uh, really really cool. <laughs> <laughs> Is it, is it still going to have the uh, helicopter dodgy scene bit? Okay, now that's part of Wild, Ar- Wild Arctic. That I'm is, getting confused. I, yep, that's a different attraction. That's the one where you'll find the walruses, the beluga whales, and that's over in the back area of the park near Shamu's Happy Harbor. And um, this is the Am- polar bears in that one, isn't yes. it? Yes, yes, and the polar bear. I love the polar bear. Oh my gosh, <laughs> he's always asleep when I go. Bless him. Do you know, well, in, in, in the wild, they're like that. I was talking to one of the uh, conservation experts because I had a friend who was a little, she's like, That's, that just can't be normal. They, they sleep all the time. And, and I, I introduced her to the, the conservationists, and they were saying that one of the great things about their polar bear exhibit is it is so accurate to what their life would be like. And bless their hearts, in the wild, they <laughs> most <laughs> live in. So they do their best, and that's why it's kind of dark in there. They do it... Yeah. Uh, it's not as pleasant for us as visitors, but it's what the animals um, are used to. And so SeaWorld yeah. is very conscious to make their habitats, um, first and foremost, what is most natural and um, what will make the animals thrive as opposed to, I mean, yes, they want us to be entertained and enjoy it, um, but the animals' care comes first and foremost, and I really appreciate that. And, and the keepers are so sort of friendly as well, if that's the correct term, keepers. I mean, one of my favourite things to do is you sort of mentioned feeding animals, but, but you missed my favourite one out, which is the feeding the sea lions. Oh, yes. <laughs> I absolutely adore standing there and feeding the sea lions. And on this particular one occasion, um, there was, which I didn't realise at, at the time, a blind one. And I couldn't, he just kept making this noise over and over again and I couldn't work out why he was so different to the rest of them. And they're sort of like um, keepers around all the time and they're so easy and laid back. You just ask them a question and they really do try their best to answer it. We've actually become really good friends with a lot of the animal experts, mainly because they are so friendly and they are so willing to share their knowledge. Uh, we homeschool our child, which I'm not sure how popular that is over there. Is it very popular, homeschooling? No. Do you know anything? No? Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm a teacher, so I have a little bit of an insight on this, but in the UK, it's nowhere near as big as it is in the States. Well, I am actually, my background, I was in publishing, but I also, um, when you're working in publishing, 
there are days when you're totally swamped, and then there are other days where it's very light. So I, uh, for about 20 years, I um, either subbed or volunteered in public and private schools, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. And one year, a friend of mine hired me to uh, homeschool her child for a year, and I had so much fun. I said, if I ever have a kid, I am going to do that, <laughs> because we just get a kick out of uh, learning together. And and SeaWorld is one of our rooms. We actually go there and we'll find one of the helpful education um uh, directors and we'll start talking to them and Daniel will sit there, that's my child Daniel, he'll start asking questions and uh, we we spent one day in the shark encounter, I think two hours talking to the educator <laughs> he would just he was a little shy at the time so he would whisper the question in my ear and, and we wrote it on a post-it note and then we would stick it on the the display for whatever the question was about if it was on you know this certain fish we'd stick it on that display and then we go to the shark tank and stick it on there and she followed us around and answered every question he had. And and it's like having your own personal teacher right there with you. And they're happy to do that for any family that starts asking them questions. And children or adults can earn conservation cards, which are like uh, trading cards. And they're all about the different animals. And right now, they're having a special thing called Just for Kids. And if the kids go to different learning stations, they can earn uh, limited edition cards that are just for this year and also if they attend each of the four learning stations they get this little junior animal ambassador uh, clip-on thing they can put on their, their little jacket or whatever which is really cute and my son was very proud to have earned his first badge you know <laughs> look what I did um, so I love the education opportunities and even at the other parks like at Aquatica they have a conservation station and so kids are running by in their swimsuits on their way to the next ride, and then out of the corner of their eye, they'll see this you know, person in, under this cabana that has little games to play that are talking about, one of them is about the different uh, foods that they might eat, and one is sticking your hand in a box and feeling what animal it is, or what type of beak or snout that the animal might have based on looking at their skeleton or their, um, you know, a, a replica of a skeleton. And uh, there's usually some kind of gecko in there or some other exotic animal. And the kids just, it's like they're taking a break. Oh, they're having fun, but oh, I'm going to stop and learn something for a minute. They don't think, gee, I'm going to stop and learn something. But I love that you can have fun and trick them into, oh, we just learned something. And they aren't even aware that you're sneaking that in. <laughs> and at uh, Discovery Cove, they also have um, a conservation area. We actually spent our Christmas day at uh, Discovery Cove. So we're, we're we're big fans. <laughs> so can I just ask you, with with you saying about you, you go quite a lot for us over here in the UK to go somewhere such as um, Discovery Cove, it can kind of cost us about three hundred dollars per person. Now I know when we get our passes, normally SeaWorld and Aquatica come within the package. Right. Is there a, a cheaper way to experience Discovery Cove? Because I don't know about Kim, but for me, $300 per person when there's five of us works yeah. out very expensive. It is, and I'm afraid I don't have any inside tri uh, tips on that other than find yourself a pass holder who <laughs> 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 wants to go at the same time because every year at certain um, off-season times they will have a pass holder deal where um, the pass holder plus I think five other people can get in at a reduced rate and I believe I heard that the 2013 rate is going to be in the 99 to 129 dollar range I'm not sure which yeah. um, 
which is a huge difference from from 300 but even at 300 it really honestly if you haven't been it is worth it um but we wait for those um off-season specials and um take advantage of them because yeah that it's it's for a large family especially that would be yeah quite a lot yeah definitely sorry i was digressing so hey you should you it should be on your bucket list though even if you you know can't get the deal at least once you should go it's i always joke that it's like going on a cruise ship excursion without paying for the cruise ship (laughs) (laughs) do kind of agree with you there as well i can kind of see where you're coming from because it's like the whole day all your food your drink i mean even alcoholic beverages i a christmas day i was like i am the luckiest girl in the world i don't have to lift a dish i don't have to (gasps) clean a dish i you know, and then I can get float around on this little inner tubey thing, or uh, like a oh, one of those long inner tube things, and we just floated around. And my son was swimming with the stingrays, and wow, mommy, look at that! And and that's again, I didn't want to exchange presents, I didn't want to exchange things. I said, let's let's buy each other a ticket to Discovery Cove, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> do you know? Do you know what, Kelly? That to me sounds like an absolutely fantastic way to spend Christmas Day really does what do you think kim i completely agree um having been to discovery cove as well it is such like kelly says it it has to be on everybody's bucket list you have to try and do it at least once and the food is pretty awesome there as well yes and we um we didn't do the the any of the uh, add-on things like swim with the dolphins or the sea ventures we did my husband and i did that we have um a special number 1111 which sounds silly but my husband was the southeast region commander for the civil air patrol which is our air force auxiliary and when we would be at some fancy dinner or something he couldn't very well say i love you across the table or anything like that but you can take toothpicks or silverware and line them up and to make one 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 so that was our little inside you know wherever we were we could kind of tell each other so in 2011 on november 11th we had our first night away from our little bouncing baby boy, and we uh, went to Discovery Cove on 11, 11, 11, and at 11, 11, we were in our dolphin swim. Oh, I know. I'm feeling up here. Oh, yeah, sweet. We're just goofy like that, and um, yeah, we got to some of the dolphins, and it was a beautiful thing. And we also did the sea venture, which you kind of wear this. Jacques Cousteau uh, helmet thing that you know sits on your shoulders and you walk around and they'll pick up a sea urchin and put it in your hand and they have a little wipe off board so you can ask questions of them or they'll say something to you this is a shark or this is a whatever <laughs> um, and you walk around and that was honestly I, I I really enjoyed that more than anything else that day because it was so um, so many different hands on things it, it was just really incredible so listeners I'm going to be there between the 19th and 23rd of August. If you have a pass for Discovery <laughs> Cove and it's not one of the blackout dates, please text me or tweet me and tell me and take me. Thank you very much. Advert over. Oh, I have to tell you, though, August is not going to be one of those days. It's, it's, it's mainly on the times when there is no tourist traffic that they're trying to fill up the extra spaces. I'm sure that's their motivation. Um, so come in the winter. Yes, you have a 50-50 chance of getting good weather. <laughs> when we went in November, it was so cold, but we had those full body suits on, so we, you know... We overlooked it, and the water is in certain parts of the park where it's 
convenient to do that. It, it is warmed to a comfortable temperature. Yeah. And the new um, freshwater oasis is quite warm where the river otters are. And oh my gosh, are they cute. They, <laughs> you're standing up, you're swim, standing, swimming up to this glass and it's kind of angled towards you. And all of a sudden, they're all brothers and sisters in this little family. And they just tussle like brothers and sisters you would not believe and they'll get on top of each other and roll around and then they jump in the water and it just zips right in front of you and and even though you can't actually touch them you feel like you are just a fly on the wall in their little world and uh it's it was really nice and it's the water is comfortable now there's the area where the stingrays are is a little cooler but again that's the 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 water is at the temperature that that is most uh, beneficial for the animals and the humans just have to tough it out (laughs) you know (laughs) It's not terribly uncomfortable, but it's just, it's it's a little cooler. So, um, but on Christmas Day, it was like 82 here, don't hate me. Um, <laughs> and we uh, really had a good time. Fantastic. I have been over to Aquatica, as, as you've mentioned, um, when I came over a few years back. And I really did enjoy that. And they just opened that new slide where you go through the dolphin pool. Yes, the Commerson's dolphins. Aren't they gorgeous? so cute but the thing is the kids when they tried it they went down the tube so fast they didn't see anything (laughs) well their little little tiny body weights just zip on through but uh yeah we spent a lot of time at that underwater viewing area too it's so unusual how they swim upside down i mean that just i don't know i just look at them like okay but their uh, dorsal fin you'll often see on the bottom because they just they actually enjoy uh, swimming that way who knew now, was it Kim or Michelle? Kim, you've been to Aquatica, but Michelle, you haven't? No, right. I've, I've been to Aquatica. Been. Okay. I haven't been to Discovery Cove, though. Gotcha. Okay. But I've been to Discovery Cove and Aquatica because I'm better than Michelle. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> She's dead mean to me, Kelly. She really is. I need a referee. Oh, I absolutely adore all the SeaWorld parks. The thing is with the SeaWorld parks is, I mean, I love Disney and I like Universal but the SeaWorld parks are such a breath of fresh air because it's to me it's all so much more at a more relaxed rate than running from attraction to attraction you can sort of go around SeaWorld at a nice sort of gentle pace and take in the shows I mean I don't know about you Kelly or Michelle but my absolute favorite show at SeaWorld is Blue Horizons I completely I completely blub like a baby every time so much so that Aaron let me buy all the DVDs of the SeaWorld shows that we could get as hands-on when we were over there last time. I and was I just to... ask you if you had the DVDs because they uh, just have a new company that's distributing them and they sent me some copies for review. And I even at home watching Blue Horizons, it's still my favorite show also. And when the birds come down and... Yeah. I see goosebumps still. And I've seen it. It's amazing how many times I've seen it. And I still... <laughs> Okay, here's an Uber Geek thing. I have the soundtrack on my iPod. Oh. Yeah, that bad. I know. It's bad. That's I why you're called SeaWorld Mommy and we're called the Mini Minxes. <laughs> <laughs> would you say Blue Horizons is your favorite show then? I would say yes. I love Blue Horizons. Um, I, hmm, yeah, that's my favorite. I, I, I'm more of a, I do love going to the shows and we try to at least hit one show or two shows when we visit there a day, but um, I love just interacting with the animals first and foremost. Yeah. And we, my son really loves um, Pets Ahoy. Oh, but, yeah. Oh, you know, how they can do all those things. But I, 
uh, the magazine I used for it was about cats. And so I, at the time, before I knew I was horribly allergic to them and wondered why I was sick all the time. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I had cats. And I had taught my cat, you know, to roll over. And I had one that would zigzag through my legs and um, different behaviors. And they they seem to be happier animals. And it's so true. The more they're worked with and the more um, experience they get doing those things, they're just, they their coat is shinier. Their behavior is more uh, pleasing. They It's just they're being stimulated. And those animals there, you can tell they are loved to pieces. But, um, yeah. I know quite a few of, the, of those trainers as well. And... They're just the nicest people you'd want to meet, and um, boy, they love those animals. And I love that all of the animals come from rescue facilities, and they really encourage, you know, at every show, they tell people, if you want to make a pet that's the star of your home, check your check your animal uh, rescue facilities. Um, and I really app- applaud that message that they, that they get out, because, of course, they're serial. They could afford to buy a, you know, purebred blah, 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 but they don't. They go out and find the the animals that aren't that somebody at one time loved but decided they didn't and they're like well we're gonna love them we're gonna take care of them and we're gonna make them stars and 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 treat them well and uh, encourage families to do the same fantastic do you know what my favorite is at SeaWorld? and you're probably gonna think i'm a bit bonkers when there's all those lovely amazing animals but do- it's 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 the mime act at clyde and seymour <laughs> <laughs> They are funny guys. We have <gasps> three of them that rotate, and they are each one of them has their own little personality. And they yeah. are well. One of our favorite things there that is not an animal related is the longshoremen. They are uh, kind of like the Three Stooges, and you see them in their yellow overalls along the shore. We are so geeky that we started a thing on uh, Facebook, which is friends of the longshoremen at SeaWorld. You know, <laughs> <laughs> because. Um, my son is just flabbergasted by them, and he memorizes their routines. And I need to post it on his YouTube channel, but we have a video of him. We're riding in the car somewhere, and he starts doing the whole routine verbally. Um, and it's it's just really hilarious to watch. But um, they're just funny guys, and whenever we see them, we literally just plop down on the cement and and watch their whole show. They're really funny, funny. Oh, fantastic. So I didn't think that was goofy at all, because I'm... <laughs> It's what makes you smile. You know, I think that's the yeah. whole thing. People, when they come to Orlando, whether they're going to SeaWorld or Discovery Cove or to Walt Disney World, I mean, we love Disney, too. We especially love uh, Epcot and, of course, Nemo. I'm sure you didn't have to guess far on that one. <laughs> um, and, and Animal Kingdom. Okay, yes, we're biased to that one. But wherever you decide to go to in Orlando as a, as a community, it's, it, we feel like it's our job to encourage people to come and find your smile. You know, that's why what we want to do. That's um, I grew up in Daytona Beach and Central Florida, Orlando area. And it's like in all of our DNA. We we see people and we want to say welcome. <laughs> we, we want you to find your smile and find whatever magical or uh, spectacular thing that, that would just make your family have this memory that you can just keep with you. And uh, that's what we want to do. Fantastic stuff. What's your favourite attraction, Kim, apart from Blue Horizons, then? What, at SeaWorld? Yeah. Um, when you say attraction, do you mean, like, ride, or do you mean, like, animal attraction? Well, I'm hardly going to suggest you like Manta Love, am I? No, true. I have a phobia of roller coasters, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Well, do you mean animal attractions? Yeah, anything, anything. Whether it's a show such as uh, Shamu or the penguin area, sea lions, whatever. Go for it, babes. Well, I've kind of said both of them. There's the sea lions, which I adore, and there's Blue Horizons. I mean, there isn't a part of SeaWorld I don't think I don't like, apart from, well, I suppose the wild Arctic simulator could do with a bit of a spruce up. I think it nearly threw me across the room when I went on it last time. True. It's a bit bit violent, that, isn't it, Kelly? I I I don't like the simulators anywhere on any ride, any any park. Um, so like it, the, even the new Turtle Trek is is. Have you either of you experienced that yet? Not yet. Yeah. No, yeah. Oh no, no. I I have um I I was in a car accident and I have um vertigo issues. Well, they've kind of gone away, but I'm still too nervous that they haven't. <laughs> so I still don't open my eyes. But at um my son and husband absolutely love at Turtle Trek. It's this domed 3D 360 experience where you're standing inside this dome and it's like you are the turtle and you swim through the, the whole thing it's it's and the music is uh, again i want that for my ipad but i don't have it yet uh, um but that is a really amazing new experience that they've opened it's it's like the only one in the world that is 3d 360 all around you surround experience and uh it's got a great message too about how the you know how yeah, and how the turtles find their way back, that to me, that electromagnetism thing that's inside their little turtle brains and bodies, and it brings them back to the exact beach where they were hatched. It just boggles my mind. Um, and then they also talk about how people can be everyday heroes and the things that they can do about, you know, don't trash where you splash and, and encouraging, like, fishermen not to dispose of line and, and things like that. I, I am a fisherman. And it's just really good to have a message like that, just to show people how you don't have to be someone who's out there on the beach every week doing stuff. You can be, you know, little bits, take little steps, do something. You don't have to do it all, just do something. And if everyone on the planet took one more step to recycle a little more or to um, not pollute here or to teach their kids, you know, what is uh, what are some good habits to, to do as in, in their life, um, then together, collectively, we can do tons. And I, and I love that message. Is there a particular yeah. time of year at the park that you think's more special, such as Halloween or Christmas, July the 4th? Is there a, a special change to the usual that SeaWorld put on that you think, oh my, you just must go at that time of year? I am extremely biased towards the holiday offerings that they have. Although I'm going to get just excited when I talk about the next one, but their their entire November, uh, end of November through December, uh, Christmas holiday, the lights that they have, the shows, the music, they have a ice skate, ice skating, Florida, hello, weird but beautiful, um, and and they um, they have specialty comedy shows, they have so many singing groups, they have a performance called A Wondrous Night, they have all the different characters come out, they have hot chocolate stands and. Um, it's just the lights and everything. It's just beautiful. And I really also thoroughly enjoy October when they have their Halloween spooktacular. Every single weekend, the kids can trick-or-treat. They can wear a costume. They can wear regular clothes. It doesn't matter. Um, but we usually have a different costume every single week. Wow. <laughs> One year, I have to tell you this story, my son wanted to be a postman. And so we went to our post office and 
Uh, they let us borrow one of those. Look, they look like safari hats. <laughs> and uh, he, so he he had the real hat, and and we made him a little uniform, and we took his uh, radio flyer wagon, and we dressed it up and made it look like a, a mail truck. And I said, well, did you want to really deliver letters? And he said, yes, he wanted to deliver thank you letters to the people who work at SeaWorld. So I, I wrote out what he said he wanted to say to them, and he folded each one, he stuck each one in an envelope, and we put you know fake little stamps on them. And when they would give him the candy, he would give them their thank you note. <laughs> oh, how adorable is that? And like it was like three years ago, and I kid you not, in the last week I said something to someone who worked there, and three people said, "Do you know I still have that letter on my wall at home?" Oh. And I thought that is so cool because we want I I like to make sure that the people at the parks know that I appreciate what they do and how hard they work because you know everybody has a bad day now and again and. I can imagine the person who, um, you know, welcomes you at the theme park if they just had a, you know, their dog passed away or something horrible, and they're, and they're but they still have to go and put a smile on and be magical or, or you know, spectacular. And I, um, I think that that's important too to make sure to have eye contact with them and say I appreciate that you're making this such a great trip for me. And I, it goes a long way. And honestly, they, the more as a guest I relate to them, the more they give back to me. That was something I was going to ask you, Kelly. Um, I've obviously not been for a couple of years because I haven't been over there for a couple of years. But since the tragic accident that happened, how is staff morale in SeaWorld now? Um, it, well, obviously it was a big blow. The It was a loss of the family. And um, they are missing the whale work, you know, where they would be interacting with the animals. Mm-hmm. And I can, I'm sure the animals miss it as well. I'm sure... That was very confusing for them to have this one-on-one interaction and then all of a sudden, you know, what have I done wrong kind of thing because they don't, you know, we can't explain it to them in in words. Um, But they are, everybody seems to be bouncing back and, um, you know, just pressing onward with it and really optimistic about the future and what um, positive changes that might be in the works um, depending on how certain things go. But right now it's looking very good and positive and um, and people are, are starting to get excited about what can be again. Um, no confirmation on anything, but there's a lot of optimism. And um, their their love for the animals, though, hasn't changed. And they're, they're moving onward and upward. And um, Don Brancho's family, actually, they have um, had a run uh, at SeaWorld uh, a couple of times now since that horrible day. And they're right there. I... It was pretty overwhelming. I volunteered that first uh, year after the accident, and I was handing out water with this lady, and I was asking her, you know, what made you decide to come here? And she said, Dawn was my daughter. And I was just like, oh, my goodness. And here we were handing out water to the runners. I'm sorry to admit I'm not a runner. Um, And anyway, we were there and and cheering them on, and, and here she was, and it was really beautiful because she still is very supportive of of her daughter's dream. You know, she's not going to let her yeah. daughter's dream die. And her family, they are very uh, passionate about making a difference. And after we did the run, um, you uh, kiss the World Village. I had never been there before, and um, that was a pretty amazing place. Have you ever heard of it? Definitely, we've no. heard okay. of it. Okay, no. oh, it is. Ma- I mean, that's talk about magical a lot of the people the imagineers who work at disney or the special effects people at SeaWorld, a lot of people went in and it's it's like you walk into a fairyland there's giant mushrooms you walk under and 
a carousel with zebras on it and all these animals. And it's for families um, of children with terminal illnesses. And they can go there and they can spend um, a week and they don't have to worry about cooking or um, cleaning or anything like that. And they can come and, and just be catered to. And for a few days, they can just be children and not... Um, and not a disease. And I'm going to start crying just talking about it because whenever I go there, I have to do things like cleaning. I can't, I, I, I get so emotional and I don't, I try not to, but it's just heartbreaking the knowing what these families are going through. And yet here they are trying to make their child have this incredible experience. And I learned about it through being at SeaWorld and learning about Dawn and then Dawn's family. You know, it's like one thing grow, grew from the other. And, uh, and so now I've been doing a little more as much as I can with um, Give Kids the World Village because they're such an exceptional organization. And then at Aquatica, another organization that they help sponsor is Special Olympics of Florida. And coming up February 2nd is the Polar Plunge. So we're going to raise funds for it. And I'm going to be one of the people jumping in the cold water. Woohoo! Wow. Um, trying to raise money although it's florida so i have to confess that our coldest cold on our polar plunge <laughs> is really not anything that cold <laughs> it's yeah i mean it's chilly but i i grew up around the springs like blue springs and all it's 72 year round and you know that doesn't bother me one little bit so upper 60s is you're not gonna die you'll be fine uh, which reminds me i still need one more person on my team to be an official team so if anyone out there wants to be on my team let me know <laughs> or text me or tweet me what is the current sort of play with the um shamu show is it is it ever going to change back are they going to redesign it or um what the rumor mill says that they're starting working on a new show however whether the trainers would be in it anytime soon is doubtful only because yeah They'll, it would take time to reacclimate them. Even if this moment, say today, they said, yes, you can go back in with the whales. They would not just jump in. They would start slow again, baby steps, as if they had never seen a human before. They have to start at square one for the safety of the, of the trainers and for the safety of the animals. So I would not say any time in the next year or so that it's likely to be people in the, in the tanks. Um, for that reason we'll have to have you on again and talk about that in a little bit more detail because uh, our kimster is a, is a mad passionate animal lover and so are, so am i so it'd be um, really interesting to find out more about that so sounds great and hopefully we'll help you to find your smile <laughs> here's some more fun starring yours truly <laughs> So let's now pop over to Kieran fact number two. Hi, this is Kieran and I have a belt fact for you. You may have seen it jokingly said, Disney has the sixth biggest navy in the world. Technically, this is untrue. A navy is an armed force for the purpose of warfare on overwater. But if you say fleet, then indeed Disney has quite a few ships. Add in the overseas parks, and that's a total of 61 
boats. The, the American Navy has over 400 boats. The UK are mere 100. So this is a fact and well and truly sorted. Wow, thank you for that, Kieran. Certainly clarified a few facts up about the boat system. Does it for you, Becky? Yeah, I'm learning a lot today. I didn't know Disney had 61 boats. I know, it's quite astounding, really. But I must admit, I remember a few years back reading something about Disney having the fourth biggest navy. So I'm glad he's cleared that fact up for me because I'd hate to have uh, made myself look a bit of an idiot there. So thanks, Kieran. Okay, so... <laughs> As I said at the beginning of the show, we were going to be discussing about transportation. So imagine this, if you're from the UK or certain parts of the United States, you're going to land in to an airport. Typically, it tends to be MCO. And the first thing on your mind, apart from getting through immigration, making sure your luggage has made it, is how am I going to travel from the airport to my hotel? many options pick up your hire car travel by magical express or another shuttle or taxi provider what about yourself becky how do you make it out to your hotel room um nine times out of ten i go with my family and my dad does drive so we just obviously stroll across the road pick up our hire car and do drive straight to disney one time i have got the magical express which was a different experience and I really did enjoy that one I think it kind of the magic started straight away I did love the cheesy video it just it felt so much easier but obviously because we've been there so many times my dad does know the way to Disney we have our own little getting excited bit when you go underneath the sign welcoming you home again all right so magical express I've never personally done it myself yep but I gather you have to go to the Magical Express Welcome Centre, which is in yep. the main terminal building, and you hand over your bags, basically. Yeah, what would be... Um, I'd pre-booked it, I think, online. So I had, a, like, a little ticket with me, and then um, as soon as we got our suitcases, we went down to, I think it was the basement, uh, walked up, she just kind of checked us off the list and then directed us to which bus, because at that time we were staying at Pop Century. So then the driver took our bags and then we sat on. I think we only waited maybe about 10, 15 minutes. The bus didn't even fill up. It was quite quiet. And then we went there and obviously the little video and you can see all the sights. You kind of relax a little bit more. Like, obviously I don't drive anyway, but it just felt more like easy going. You're using kind of safe hands in like in a big bus. Everyone had the same kind of high spirits and stuff so I did I did enjoy it I would recommend it if you're not a driver and I gather it's all part and parcel of the majority of deals that you do get Disney's Magical Express free yeah I, I did I definitely didn't pay anything like no I don't remember even seeing a money option but obviously you've got to be staying in a Disney resort yeah but I was so I was all right ah oh. is there any negative points about traveling on Magical Express Maybe if the the bus had to wait for it to fill up, we could have been there a lot longer. Mm-hmm. Like, I think because the bus was only half full and they knew no one else was coming, they did let us kind of go with a half full bus. I think if there'd been like another plane, say half an hour later, we could have been waiting there a little a little while. Okay. What about the transportation time? Is it is it just for your hotel on this bus or do you have to go to other hotels 
before you um, get to your resort? I think it was for two or three resorts. I can't actually remember what one it was. And I think we did stop off at another resort first. Um, no one got on and I think only one family got off. So the kind of the extra time didn't add that much. I think most people was going to Pop Century. I've had a little bit of feedback from a friend of mine called Wendy because I, obviously I've not been on it. She come, gave me three negatives. Mm-hmm. Your resort may be the last the coach stops at. So you could be mm-hmm. on board the bus for a while. Yep. Which is if you've had a nine ten hour flight, that's not good. Yeah. But I suppose you are sightseeing other resorts you might not necessarily see. So true. Your luggage because you, your luggage goes separately. I gather so your luggage turns oh. up at your hotel room now. Oh. You don't have the worry of your luggage, but you could be waiting. It says it could be three hours. afterwards so i suppose it could be seen as a negative yeah but i that wasn't like that with me mine was like a standard coach you know where they put the suitcases underneath oh so we obviously had the suitcase we checked in with our clothes in our case that option wasn't there but this maybe was two years ago oh well anyone else who's uh, traveled on the magical express please clarify it for myself and becky because we're none too sure um and as I said, my friend also said that she was on the coach for quite a while because it went to two or three resorts before yeah. her. So she was a bit tired and grumpy. But she said, well, do you know what, Michelle? At least I didn't have to drive because I'd have been feeling a bit tired by that point. So Yeah, it's, I think it is quite yeah. a stressful thing after the flight, like finding your way, driving on the wrong side of the road, all after that massive flight. Yeah. So... If you are mm-hmm. staying on a Disney resort, you have got Magical Express. If you're not staying on a Disney resort, your other option is get a taxi or another shuttle provider. Mm-hmm. Personally, we always pick our car up at the airport. Um, I usually pre-book my car about nine months ahead of my trip. Oh, my. I know. Well, you know what I'm like, Becky. I am Mrs. Advanced Planner. (laughs) But I always use the US website, and I go direct, and I normally go to the big ones, you know, such as Alimo and Budget, etc. And I'll go on the American website, and I look for the best deal I possibly can. Because I learned that if you book a fly-drive-style holiday, it doesn't always guarantee a good rate. And it ends up costing you more money for the flight and the car. So I just get a normal flight, and then I get my own car. This year, my two-week rental of a five-seater SUV, because for some bizarre reason, my husband doesn't like driving around in a small, little, (laughs) tiny shoebox. It doesn't fit over there. You feel so dwarf. I know. You can't exactly drive around in something the size of a roller skate when everybody's in a 3.8 litre car. So we've got a five-seater SUV, $386 for the fortnight. Now, that is a mega good deal because I booked it in advance. I've secured the rate. I don't pay for it till I pick it up, Mm. which was brilliant. And personally, I can't see a better way because we get to the airport we get the cases in the bag in the boot we sometimes will go to supermarket pick up some water and some supplies Mm. and go straight then to the hotel unload get sorted now 
A few friends of mine have used different options. Kim collects her car on day two of her holiday. She hates having to drive from the airport to her resort. So she normally arranges to pick a car up from Lake Buena Vista the following day, which, again, I can see her plus point. She then travels across, I think, on the uh, Magical Express. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Another friend of mine, Dawn, she goes to this um, chauffeur company and what they do is they get someone to meet you at the airport they help you with your luggage and drive you to your accommodation whether it's a villa or disney resort etc the chauffeur waits with you till you've got your accommodation and sorted on your driveway or if you're in a villa or if you're in a disney resort they actually come in the car you're hiring um in your driveway they have your rental car waiting for you they'll even pick up a bit of shopping for you on the way Wow. I know. Well, my friend Dawn does like a little bit of VIP treatment, I must admit. And she said for her it worked fantastically because she wasn't confident on her first trip going to Disney, having to travel around and try and find where her villa was and programming sat-nav and dealing with tolls on the uh, motorways as well. She left it all to the chauffeur. She loved it. Obviously, you've got to bear in mind if you're using a shuttle service, Magical Express, a chauffeur service, you're going to have to leave a little bit of a tip for them as well. Yeah. So. That sounds cool, though. I'm liking Dawn's thinking. Oh, do you know, my (laughs) friend Dawn does everything absolutely VIP style whenever she goes anywhere. I like it. Big love to her. Gather you've got a question from a Mini Minx listener there, Becky. Yep, this is from Minx listener Joanne from Hull. She asks, can I use the transportation provided by Disney even if I am not a resort guest? Right, what do you think, Becky? Mm, um, I I personally don't think it's right, really. I mean, Disney do charge money in your kind of price and it's included on that. So... I'm probably going to say no. What do you think? Well, firstly, if you are a resort guest, then yes, it's part and parcel of the deal. Now, it all depends, I gather, because I've done a bit of research, on what type of ticket you have. If you have an annual pass, you can use Disney Transport legitimately. Oh. No problem. Okay? Yeah. If you have a Disney Park Hopper ticket, it is assumed you will be using Disney Transportation as part of your hopping. Okay. So if your park, if your park ticket you have purchased allows you to visit more than two parks in a day, you're fine. If it's a one park only ticket, then no, I'm afraid the official ruling from Disney that I found today was that you really shouldn't be using Disney transportation. Mm. I'd gather people do, but that's the official line. Wow, I didn't know that. Well, learn something new every day with us, don't you, darling? Yeah, but you are normally within 45 minutes of your room, no matter where you are in Walt Disney World. That is true. Right, so let's have a little chat about Walt Disney transportation. As we've said, it's complimentary. They've provided free for guests. Mm-hmm. Now, you've said your family normally drive you around. 
Yep. For your personal opinion, would there be any circumstance you would use Disney transportation? Oh, yeah. We, um, we kind of use the car mostly when we want to go from resort to resort. So if we are staying at Polynesian and we've got a craving for Caribbean beach food, we jump in the car and go then. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, we, we take advantage of the transport. There's just there's no reason not to, really. I think it's amazing. I mean, I love the monorail on the boats. They're my favourites. <laughs> yeah, because last year, where did you stay again last year? Uh, last year was Wilderness Lodge. So it was Boat to Magic and then buses everywhere else and the beauty of that is with it being i suppose you're paying for it all as part of the deluxe package is that you were able to get the water taxi across and it actually brings you right to the entrance of the magic kingdom that's why polynesian is one of my favorites i know it is mega expensive but you have got the option of monorail and the boat to magic and then obviously you can jump on the monorail and get to epcot in like two stops yeah well, that's what you're paying your deluxe dollars for, really, oh, isn't definitely. it? Definitely. So, the boat system, the water launches or water taxis operate from your Grand Floridian, your Polynesian, Fort Wilderness Resort and Campground, and Wilderness Lodge. I must admit, I came out to visit you while you was at Wilderness <laughs> Lodge last year. I didn't like the little water taxi. I, I was panicking it was going to sink and i was going to have to swim my way across the seven seas lagoon i had visions of checking where the um life raft was my little life jacket and i was thinking oh no no my duty and burp bag's gonna get wet and ah i love the boat one of my favorite memories is we'd been in the magic kingdom all day so you know you're tired your hair's frizzy you're frazzled you're sunburned and it was quite dark, and it was like, as we got on the boat, we was heading over the lake to go to our Polynesian, a thunderstorm started, <gasps> so we had an amazing view of, like, the fork lightning, all the sky, and we was in the middle of the lake on the boat, and oh my god, what a view, loved it. Very, very scary stuff. So... It was exciting, Michelle. No, scary, I don't want to do it, Anyway, so we've got that type of boat, boat. You've got the little tiny, tiny little sort of like small boats. Then there's the next class up of ferry boats, which connect the Magic Kingdom to the TTC. Yep. I personally love going across on them in the morning to the Magic Kingdom instead of going on the monorail. I hate with a passion travelling back at the end of the park day. Because they're crowded, everybody's oh. tired. and I know. Oh. Sometimes there's a smell or two. Yeah, sweat. <laughs> That's, you know, some people just say, oh, no, but you can look back at the Magic Kingdom with fondness. And no, I am normally next to a very smelly man, a pushchair with a screaming child. And oh. it's like, I don't want to be here. I just, I just want to be back at my resort now. Give me, you know, I'll give you a million pounds to get me off this boat. Anyway, what about the little friendship crafts? What do you think to them? Is that just the smaller ones? Yeah, go... yeah. Um, for instance, we've stayed at the Swan and Dolphin Hotel before, and you mm. get these lovely little boats, and they come and they ferry you from 
the swan and dolphin and they go round to the beach club, boardwalk, yacht on, yacht club and they take you to Epcot or they take you to Disney's Hollywood Studios and they're just they just lovely like you know occasionally you'll get a really nice skipper on board and he'll chat yeah. with you and oh it's it's just so warm and cozy but again at the end of the day it's a bit of a Cross. yeah and you've got a queue and if there's yeah. a bit of lightning because i normally go in august and there's always a bit of lightning <laughs> they don't operate so i think i've only been on them once i think i may have stayed at the Port Orleans. Oh yeah. Got the smaller boat down to downtown Disney, but that was maybe like six years ago. Yeah, they still do that. Um, because Port Orleans Riverside, sorry, Port Orleans Riverside French Quarter, Old Key West, Saratoga Springs, and that's that's kind of cute. I kind of like that. Yeah, it kind of comes up from downtown Disney from like a different way. Yeah. You, like, you see it from like a different angle. Yeah, it's just so relaxing and you get to just chill for a bit. So. Yeah, like the buses, my mum does always complain. She thinks they're too cold. Oh. You know, like when it's like 100 degrees and you are there in August <laughs> and then you get on and immediately you're like, oh, I'm cold again. Oh. Well, let's talk a little bit about buses. Yeah. I have used the buses. Mm-hmm. I am not a fan of the buses because mm. when I have tended to use them, it's either at the beginning of the day or the end of the day, and I found them very busy. Mm. However, they are reliable. They turn up quite frequently, move you around the 47 miles of Disney property, so you can navigate from A to B quite simply. But for me personally, I, I just don't like somebody else being in control of driving. Um, I quite like it. Like I like that you can just sit down and if it isn't the beginning, you can just look out at the views and on the way back, it just is that extra 20 minutes to kind of get your breath back from the day. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think they could be a little bit more regular. I do think sometimes that 25 minute wait just feels like a very long time, especially if you are at a bus stop in the heat mm. and they don't, they just got, you know, the little fans, which don't really do much. I know, wasn't they starting a new system, like with a little countdown of when the buses were coming? I mean, I think that would be great. At least you know where you are then. Yeah, because it'd be awful to turn up at the bus stop and the bus had just gone two minutes before and you're having to wait 15, 20 minutes. Yep, completely. Or you'll wait and then, like, say, two will come along for Blizzard Beach and Animal Kingdom and you're like, oh, I just want to go to Epcot. You see, this is where I love my car because we can take it wherever we want and if our plans change we've got the car if so what, you drive around we drive everywhere we don't go on any other transportation oh i didn't realize that yeah we will take our car around the so say for example we were going to go to magic kingdom we drive to magic kingdom and then if we were going to go to eat at the polynesian we'd probably travel on the monorail but if we're going to say travel over say and have something to eat off disney property we drive and then drive back to wherever we're going and um, we just find it so flexible because it allows us to leave the park when we want 
nip back to the hotel if we want to have a rest in the afternoon nip back some days how we plan it is we'll go to Disney a Disney park for a couple of hours in the morning then we'll go somewhere for a late breakfast then we might go to the outlets then we might go to a different park and because we've got our car it's totally flexible we don't need to think about if we're waiting for a a driver or anything we normally have a cool box in the boot of the car with fresh refreshment in as well we normally mm. have some emergency things like plasters socks yeah. uh, deodorant a hairbrush a little bit of lippy so we have this emergency kit in there as well normally raincoats because as i say august rain um yep. so it's quite handy because it's not that far to just nip back to the old car yeah. I suppose if we're going, say, Magic Kingdom to Epcot, we wouldn't normally bother and we'd just go on the monorail. Um, mm. I think, because, like, oh, honestly, it was years and years ago when we used to get the car. I just felt like it added so much more time onto your day. Like, we'd find the space, then get that, is it the little, like, mini train that take up to the entrance oh, and then yeah. you walk through? I just feel like when you use Disney's transport, you're literally off and on you're like done you're in the gates quite quickly mm. like i use it as a selling point when i tell people about disney i always <laughs> say about the transport i'm like there's buses you don't need to worry about anything you've got a bow and a monorail i think it's genius really well you see this is the beauty though that, that yeah you, there is options there are so many options that people can choose and it it's all down to what your own personal circumstances are I, mm. I know because if, if I go with the children, especially with Kieran, he would not manage on a bus. He would not. He would be really, really funny about other people's smells, having to sit next to people. And that's just because of his autism. And I'd appreciate also other people with push chairs. They might mm. find it easier taking their own transportation as well. So I suppose it's all down to you weighing up the facts and then deciding if hiring a car is right for you, then you've yeah. got to make sure you've got sat-nav because, come on, who who reads a map nowadays? Oh, Making no sure you've got your change for the toll roads. Um, mm. What else would you have to consider What about, well? say, your parking? Do you pay for parking in the car parks? You do, unless you're a Disney hotel guest. If you're a Disney hotel guest, it's free. If you're okay. not, it's believe it's $14 so again when I consider where am I going to stay I tend to now sort of say automatically it's got to be Disney because I don't have to pay for the car parking then yeah it is only $14 once a day so say for example you park at Epcot in the morning and then you go to Magic Kingdom you don't pay again you just show them the ticket from the previous park Okay. So that's good for like if you if you do do a bit of park hopping. So that is a consideration um, for you to to bear in mind. Yep. Um, I can't think of anything else that you'd really sort of say is a plus or a minus. I suppose if you're coming from the UK, a lot of us do tend to like stock up on water and drinks and thing. Mm. And we do tend to need to go down to that there uh, Walmart or Target or whatever to yeah, buy things. Yeah, that's, that's why we have the car. Like, if we did go to Universal, we do have the car for that. Um, obviously, if we are there for two, three weeks, we don't go, like, theme park, theme park, theme park. We do break it up by shopping. So, again, we use the car then. And also, 
sometimes we do drive to downtown Disney because we may stop there before we go out somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I know parking is, as you've said before, awful there, but obviously it will be improved. And on the last day, we'll like drop our suitcases in at downtown Disney with um, Virgin Atlantic. Then obviously we'll spend a few hours around there and then go on that way, which obviously when we used the Magical Express, we was more restricted so we had to leave at say 11 so we had to eat breakfast and go so then we did have to spend like longer time at the airport which is a bit of a shame so there you go I found another negative for the magical express yeah that I must I must admit it is great because if we get the later flight back to the UK departing at say I think it's 8 30 or something we can still be in the park till four five o'clock you know, making yeah. the absolute most of our holidays. So, oh. well, so we've probably not made it anything clearer to anybody there, apart from you know there is loads of places I can recommend you can go and read about it. Olia's website, Deb Willis's site, is absolutely amazing. Loads of info. Disney's website also gives some in-depth information. I'll pop all this information over on the blog to help you out. So, as we've said before, I think we've sort of discussed the bus situation to death now, so... Yep. (laughs) I think that's enough of that. I don't want to think about the buses anymore, ever again. (laughs) I I, I must admit, I I do fancy the idea of just checking out Magical Express, just just to... Just to say you've done it. Just to say I've done it, to tick it off, but we shall see. Do you like the show? Well, please go to iTunes and leave a review for us. It's easy. Visit iTunes and type in Mini Minxes. Click on Rate and Review. Doing this really does raise the profile of the show. It spreads the news of who we are and what we do. If you do listen via Stitcher Radio, which is an alternative app for those who do not use iTunes, you can also review us there. We will give on-air shout-outs. So go on, please, with a cherry on top. Aww, you sound dead good at saying that. I have, I have got a new iTunes re- review and it is oh. from Matt Boy Wonder. Five star review on our UK store. Thank you ever so much, Matt. Really do appreciate it. Um, we are still wanting some more reviews, especially on our U- USA store. So please, if you could, very grateful. Just going to mention to you all about our Facebook page. Now, we have a Facebook sort of friend area which we are now stopping to use so can you please ensure you search on facebook for the mini minxes and like our page we are running a giveaway of a jeff dixon book lovely jeff who we've had on the show before key to the kingdom it's a jolly good read if you like our podcast Share it with your friends. Get your friends to come over and like our podcast. We're going to choose one of our likers to have this three copy of this book. So please, if you could do that, really grateful. I'm only going to run it for about another week and then I'm going to close it. So hurry up. Um, Another competition set on Podcast 28 was for the Passport to Goodies. Chris and Lorraine Scott and Matt Bateman won the prize. For more details, see our blog over at www.theminiminxes.blogspot.co.uk. 
Well, as Becky there mentioned, talking of the blog, please make sure you check it out. It's our little mini minx hub of activity. And now we are going to be having an amazing series written by uh, a friend of the show called Jenny. It's all about her planning her trip to Disneyland, California. So make sure you check it out. We have a recommended list of reads we consider are must-reads for all Disney fans. Pop over. Not only will you get your hands on an amazing book at Amazon crazy low prices, but you'll help out us minxes by giving us one or two pennies from the old Amazon people in a bit of a commission. So go on then. Help us, because the money really does help with the running of the show. Because it isn't a free thing we do. It does actually cost us... And I have heard... Next show is out the 15th of April. My heavens, this year's flying by. Can't believe it. I know, it's actually scary. Anyway, ways to contact the show. Twitter, at The Miniminxes. Email, contact at theminiminxes.co.uk. Like us on Facebook, and I'm going to read out the address just to be really boring. www.facebook.com forward slash mini minxes disney podcast read our fresh blog over at the miniminxes.blogspot.co.uk definitely is a good place to go and find everything all minxy now before i sign off i've got a little bit of a thank you i want to say on this this fortnight's episode to the lovely liz driscoll over there in that there america I came home from work today, I kid you not, I was a little bit miffed, I had had a very stressful day and on top of all that stress I was feeling really woeful because I had to drive home in the snow. I got home to a really big A4 parcel and inside I have got a box of the spring edition jelly beans. I have got not one, not two, but four different eggs. I have got a Reese's Pieces peanut butter one, a Milky Way Simply Caramel, a Twix egg, and I've got a Snickers peanut butter one, a whole bag of Reese's Pieces peanut butter, a vinyl mation, and I've got a Peeps. I love Peeps! So thank you, Liz, ever so much. I'm glad my Disney parcel made it over to you so you could enjoy some UK goodies. If you do want to swap UK goodies for some lovely food and fare from where you are, drop us a tweet and we can maybe set something up because it's such good fun. So, end of the show there, Becky. Have you enjoyed being an honorary minx for the day? I have again, thank you. I love stepping in. Oh, it's our pleasure, our pleasure. We already had... um, Becky sidelined to come along and join us for the discussion so it's been lovely to have you on on the show and I just hope our Kim's to starting to feel a little, a little bit better soon yeah hi Kim I love you Kimmy <coughs> anyway let's end the show with mini kisses from Becky and mini kisses from me Mwah. <laughs> There's no business like bowl business. <laughs>